If you have your Bibles with you, please turn with me to Matthew chapter 26. I don't know how many of you have ever bought something you didn't really need. That hit a sensitive nerve. Uh, My wife and I had this conversation here a few days ago, and I said to her, you know, maybe we should get that gadget. I'm a guy, I like gadgets. And Kathy says, I have a rule. Oh, (laughs) okay. I have a rule, she said. I never buy anything unless I know where I'm going to put it. Well, that's never stopped me before, but she's a lot smarter than I am. Me, I'm not so smart. Impulse buying is one of my bad habits. Every so often, uh, I'm going through my house or, or through my, even my books here in my office, and I, wind up, and I wind up discovering something and telling myself these words, hmm, I didn't know I owned that. But unless you get yourself into major debt, those are relatively minor decisions. But there are decisions that you and I make, sometimes casually, sometimes without a whole lot of thought, decisions that wind up changing the entire course of our lives. And one wrong step can lead to total disaster. It's like making a decision to drink and then to drive afterwards. It can do a lot of damage to yourself and to other people, and to irrevocably change the rest of your life. And I think in this season of Lent that leads up to Good Friday and then Easter, you and I need to look at a decision that went horribly wrong, and then to pull some lessons out of that. And I want to begin reading for you in verse 6 of Matthew chapter 26. Kind of set the stage a little bit, and then we'll get into the story. Matthew writes, while Jesus was in Bethany in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. I tell you the truth, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, What she has done will also be told in memory of her. And then there's a very crucial word that follows that, and the word is then. Something came off the rails in that incident. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, what are you willing to give me if I hand them over to you? So they counted out for him 30 
silver coins. 30 chunks of silver. 30 pieces of silver. And Judas sold out Jesus Christ. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. 30 pieces of silver, or 30 silver coins. How much is that? In Exodus 21, 30 shekels of silver is the price that you would have to pay your friend if your ox accidentally gored and killed one of his slaves. It's the price of a slave. In the book of Zechariah, 30 pieces of silver is all that people thought the shepherd of Israel was worth. It's not a whole lot. In fact, it's about 0.3 of a kilogram. This is 1.3 kilograms. 30 pieces of silver. And Judas sold out Jesus. How much money? If you read the next chapter, you'll find it was enough to buy a small field. A field just outside the city that became a burial place for foreigners. Maybe in today's money, I don't know, what would it cost to buy an acre on the outskirts of Nipawin? $10,000, $15,000, I don't know. 30 pieces of silver, not a whole lot of money to sell out Jesus, is it? Some people have said, well, You know, $15,000. What can you buy for $15,000? Can't buy a new pickup. Can't buy a house. Can't buy much of a car. Maybe a motorcycle, snowmobile, boat. 30 pieces of silver. That's all it took for him to sell out Jesus Christ. And I ask myself the question, what would motivate someone to walk with Jesus for three years, to follow him when Jesus said, follow me, to walk with Jesus for three years and with the other disciples to learn from him and to sell him out for 30 pieces of silver. If you read this story in the Gospel of John, You find that Judas was the one who was indignant at this waste of money on this by this woman. He said, because the money could have been given to the poor, but the Bible, John says, the reason Judas said this is because he used to help himself to whatever money was in the money bag, and he would spend it on himself. Thirty pieces of silver. 
can't get anything for that. And he sold out Jesus. I think Judas, was he selfish? Were things not going the way he thought they would? Was he in it for personal gain? For what he could get out of it? What did he think would happen? What are you going to do with 30 pieces of silver when you sell out Jesus? What are you going to do afterwards? And you and I read that story and we're kind of revolted by it. Nobody names their kids Judas. In fact, in, the, in some days not so long ago when sheep were going to slaughter, a goat was used to lead them to those who would cut their throats. And that goat would be called the Judas goat because he would lead the innocent to slaughter. What would it take? Nobody wants to be called a Judas. But let me ask you a question. What would it take for you to sell out Jesus? 30 pieces of silver. Can't buy a house. Can't buy a yacht. You can't buy an estate. You can't buy a condo. You can't buy anything. What would it take? Some of you have sold out Jesus for a whole lot less. Some of you have sold out Jesus to save some money on taxes. A little deal under the table, cash, no bill. Nobody will know about it. Some of you have sold out Jesus by cheating other people. Some of you have sold out Jesus by asking other people to compromise their ethics. You know, what if I offer you cash? Or what if you work for me after hours and your boss doesn't know you could charge me less? Some of you have sold out Jesus by destroying relationships for the sake of money. For business dealings, I had a business dealing with a man one time and he said to me, good Christianity says that I won't charge you interest, but good business says I will, so I'm going to charge you interest. Cost me 4,000 bucks. And I thought, you know what? He's going to have to answer for that. You want the money? I'll give it to you. You're going to sell out Jesus for $4,000? Some of you sell out Jesus by withholding your tenth. Tithing is a universal law. God always gets his tenth. Malachi talks about people robbing God by not giving their tenth. Some people 
sell out Jesus by giving God our cast-offs and our junks, our leftovers. Some of you are going to sell out Jesus for sex. I've seen it lots of times. Two young people get involved sexually, and one of them is a Christian. Their lives get derailed. Other people sell out Jesus for love. You know the Bible says that we're not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. But he loves me, or she loves me, and it makes me feel good. And I don't care what the Bible says, so I'll sell out Jesus for love. And it's not just young people doing that. It's older ones too. Some people sell out Jesus because of their pride. Because they're afraid of getting ridiculed. Because they're afraid of losing prestige or position if people will know that I follow Jesus and so I'll just sell them out and I'll be a secret service Christian. I'll go to church on Sunday, but I won't let anyone know or I won't let my Christian principles affect my life in town. Some people sell out Jesus because of fear. Do you know that every single one of the disciples deserted Jesus? Because they were petrified. They were scared. They were worried about what would happen to them, about what their future might look like or their lack of it. So they ran. And then there's Peter who went to the high priest's house and three times he denied Jesus Christ in spite of Jesus telling him, you're going to do it. Peter says, oh, everybody else will do it, but not me, Lord. The Bible says that the fear of man will prove to be a snare. Some people sell out Jesus because of a career. I talked to a man yesterday. He's been a pastor for I think 19 years, he said. And he says, I'm a full-time pastor, but I can't make it on my salary, so I have to subsidize that. I have to work one day a week doing at another job so that I can make ends meet and provide for my family. You see, there's no money in serving Jesus. There's no prestige. There's no glory. Some people sell out Jesus for the sake of power. Think about church splits and church politics. Some people sell out Jesus because they didn't get their own way in a church meeting or because they didn't get the recognition they want or someone stepped on your toes or you wind up abusing other people and you even wind up doing that at home or at work. Some people sell out Jesus. Some of you sell out Jesus because you're carrying pain and bitterness and anger and unforgiveness because you're not getting from God what you think you deserve. And so you complain and you're bitter and you're angry and you sell out Jesus. And some people sell out Jesus for the sake of pleasure. 
whether it's the right to self-determination. I want to party. I want to have fun. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. I want to drink, and I want to have fun with my friends, and I want to smoke a joint, and I want to do all the rest of these things. And you sell out Jesus. Not for 30 pieces of silver, but for a night, for a day, for a week, What does it take? And you see, when you make a decision, you need to carefully consider the cost because here's the reality. You cannot, you cannot unring a bell. You can backpedal from a lot of decisions and you can make a lot of things right, but once something has come out of your mouth or once you have engaged in a certain course of action, you can't undo that. You might have an affair with someone and you might be full of remorse and you say it'll never happen again. Yes, but it happened. You can't unring a bell. And Judas tried to unring this bell. In Matthew 27, the next chapter, you read these words, early in the morning after Jesus died, early in the morning, all the chief priests, elders of the people came to the decision, or rather before, to put Jesus to death. They bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned. He brought those silver coins back, and he said to the priest, please take him, I don't want him anymore. What I did was really dumb, and the priest said, Tough noogies. Not our problem. And so Judas took that money and he threw it into the temple. Then he went away and he hanged himself. Sold out Jesus. Couldn't unring that bell. For you and me, a casual or hasty decision can change our lives for the rest of our lives. Whether it's addictions or pregnancy or infidelity or moral or financial ruin or some kind of handicap. But that's the bad news. Don't leave yet because I have good news for you. You see, some of you have done those things and some of you will do those things. But the reality is for me as a pastor, when I point my finger, there are three of these puppies that are pointing back at myself. I'm just as guilty as anyone else. I sold out Jesus. Peter denied his Lord three times. I've probably done it hundreds. I sold out Jesus. It's one of the reasons that little fish is on my arms and there are other marks on my body not because I want to show off, but because it needs to remind me whose I am and whom I serve. I don't want to ever 
That mark needs to be there. That whatever I do, people will know. Because I deny Jesus. I sold him out for a lot less than 30 pieces of silver. And a bad decision doesn't have to lead to suicide. All the disciples ran away and deserted Jesus. But Peter and John were the first ones to show up at the high priest's house the night that Jesus went to trial. And John was there at the crucifixion. Only one of the disciples that was there at the cross when Jesus died. Peter denied Jesus three times, desperately afraid. And in the last verse of Matthew 26, we read that he went outside and he wept bitterly. But he didn't commit suicide. In fact, the Bible tells us that after Jesus rose from the dead, he went and found Peter. He and Peter had a private meeting. And there was forgiveness. And there was restoration. Jesus restores the fallen. And when you and I wipe out, God forgives our sin. It's humiliating. I can't unring the bell. There are decisions that I have made that have ongoing, lasting, permanent consequences. I can't unring that bell. But I've been forgiven. And when God forgives, he also restores our fellowship. And that wonderful verse that you and I hear so much every time we have a communion service. John 1.9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I don't know what it'll take for some of us. It's a little bit of money. There's a story I read recently about a pastor, and it's probably a little bit older story, and he was new in this town, and he went for went somewhere and he took the bus. And it was in the days when the bus drivers would still give change. And so he handed his fare to the bus driver, and the bus driver gave him change, and as the pastor sat down, he noticed the bus driver had given him a quarter too much, 25 cents. And he struggled with that. Should I tell the guy or shouldn't I? It's only 25 cents. I mean, what's the big deal? Oh, I should. Oh, why would I bother? And he still hadn't made up his mind as he went to get off the bus. And as he walked past, past the driver, he said, I can't do this. And he said to the driver, here's a quarter. You gave me too much change. And the bus driver said, yeah, I know. He said, you're that new pastor in town, aren't you? And he said, yeah. He said, I've been thinking about coming to church for a while, visiting your church. 
But he said, I wanted to know what kind of guy you were. The pastor got off the bus and said, I just about sold out Jesus for 25 cents. What will it take? A party? Love? Money? Fear? Pride? Bitterness? What will it take for you to sell out Jesus? It's a question you and I need to ask ourselves. A question I've had to face. Yeah, I've done it. I'm guilty. Probably all of those things. The good news is, it doesn't have to end there. You see, God is a God who loves forgiving sin. I'm glad that he does because I'm a big sinner. But I made this decision many, many years ago. And I would never go back. I've tried it just about all. And the only thing that I found worthwhile is following Jesus. Yeah, sometimes it costs. Sometimes it's painful. But ultimately, it's the best choice that you can make for yourself. Lindsay, would you kill these lights up here? I'm going to ask you to just stay seated and to sing with me very quietly, if you dare. I'm not daring you. That's the wrong motivation. I'm asking you to just sing this song with me. Whoops. Just go ahead and put it up there, Anson. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or land. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand than to be the king of a vast domain and be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. I'd rather have Jesus than men's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worship. 
worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name than to be the king of a vast domain and be held in sin's dread swain. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords to fairer than lilies of fairest bloom. He's sweeter than honey from out the comb. He's all that by hungering spirit means. I'd rather have Jesus and Than to be the king of a vast domain and be held in sin's red swing. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. Jesus, probably every one of us here has sold you out at one time or another. And some of us may have every intention of doing so when we leave this building this morning. Thank you, Father, for cleansing, forgiveness, and restoration. And I know, Lord Jesus, I get distracted. I look at this world, money, power, privilege, pleasure. I want it all. And yet, Lord, bottom line, I'd rather have Jesus. I pray that's true of each of our lives here today. Lord, help us to examine ourselves, to give you your rightful place in our lives. Lord Jesus, we ask this in your name. We thank you for your love and generosity. Amen.